0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Progress Over Perfection Coaching podcast. My name is Patrick Dedrick, and I'm the founder of Progress Over Perfection Coaching and your host. And I want to thank you for listening in. Progress Over Perfection Coaching is a podcast focused on career management and development by offering insight on how to build an intentionally balanced and purpose-filled career. Now, before I get into the topic for this episode, I have a favor to ask. The first episode of this show went live about six months ago, and while I've had a ton of fun talking about career development and interviewing incredible people so they can share their own career insights with you all, this has really been based on what I find interesting and what I hope is useful to others. In the interest of continually improving and making sure that I'm working on content or subjects that you all actually find useful, I need your help. If you have anything that you'd like to hear about related to career development, or if there's anything that stands out that drives you crazy about this podcast that would actually prevent you from recommending it to a friend or colleague, I'd be grateful if you could take a couple of minutes and send me a quick email at patrick at prgscoach.com. All right, that's all on that for now. I appreciate you for listening in and for any thoughts that you have that you can share. Now, what you're really here for today, we have a slight departure from the normal flavor of episodes. This is neither a solo informational episode nor a career deep dive. Instead, I have with me a guest that's going to help me explore a specific subject that can be applied to your own career journey. In fact, this particular topic is one that has an incredible range of application. It's not just for your career. The topic of today's episode can be applied in any instance where you interact with others and can even be applied to better understand how you navigate any situation yourself. Not only that, these concepts and tools are simple, straightforward, and can often be understood and applied after only one instructional session. I had the opportunity to sit down with Carrie Davidson, author of the five archetypes, discover your true nature and transform your life and relationships. In our time together, Carrie goes deep into detail on the five archetypes, which is that happens to be that too good to be true tool that I just mentioned. She even has a go at using me and my archetype assessment to illustrate just how it all works. Now, in addition to being an accomplished author that shares her deep insight on traditional Chinese medicine through the five archetypes, Carrie has over 20 years of executive executive leadership experience in the fields of higher education, healthcare, and the nonprofit sector. She's currently the CEO and founder of Turnosol Wellness and Turnosol Kids, a nonprofit organization that empowers children through education with a focus on teaching child development strategies that can identify and meet the individual physical and emotional needs of children now. Let's get started. All right, Carrie, thank you so much for the time tonight. It's great to talk to you.
1: Patrick, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. So I think, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of and kind of maybe your career, your background, kind of how you got to where you are, and then well, maybe we'll dive into some specifics.
1: Well, yeah, sure. Let's see. Uh, I wanted to be an actress, and <laughs> as you can tell, that did not happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I went to college in New York, hoping that I would go into acting or into some sort of. TV production situation but um the only jobs that were happening right when I graduated were offering I think it was like eleven thousand or twelve thousand dollars it was obscene <laughs> no one could live on that and uh so I decided to go and throw my hat in the ring to work at Columbia University and take whatever job came up because my <laughs> My husband at the time was going to Columbia Law School, and I knew that I could get a tuition exemption mm. if there. And so the first department that hired me was HR. Never heard of HR. <laughs> I had no idea what it was, but I learned very quickly that I was good at it, and that I was really good with people, and uh, people liked sharing their problems with me. Right, <laughs> <didn't know> <laughs> but. <laughs> but what happened was i started to really understand and see trends in unhappiness at work mm. and um and i started because i guess people trusted me i started to really understand what these were about because they felt so open sharing i I started to see that people had a really hard time dealing with difficulty. As soon as difficult emotions popped, there was uh, an impulsive reaction to shut down, disconnect, not communicate. Um, And I, and they would share with me though, (laughs) These like big stories about, you know, about other people, about what other people were probably doing or thinking or what their motivation was. Mm -hmm. And, and I noticed that, that in this moment where we would have these bursts of discomfort disconnect, um, you know problems were exacerbated we had we would have turnover we would have disengagement we would have people calling in sick Mm. notice the impact on the unit and i mean i was a kid i was in my 20s and i was starting to research and read about like what is this about what can we do about it and at the time there were um you know, uh, organized like labor relations organizations that had these, uh, run-of-the-mill training, communication training, mm-hmm. leadership training. And, and I would think I was doing something, but I would see no change. And, and so You know, my whole first career was was in HR at Columbia University, starting to really understand human interactions and behavior, dysfunctional and some functional um, (laughs) and and start and being just really fascinated um, and curious about wondering what was underneath it and how could I do something that actually impacted change that wasn't just mm. about a conversation or a therapy session or <laughs> you know, it was rather it was like, oh, I see this. We flipped this and you go in and you can be better and you can impact positive change. Um so I went from there and I had three kids and ended up wanting to do something a little less intense and I started running nonprofits <laughs> really lesson
0: I was gonna say uh, uh, it's interesting <laughs> how that math works, but yeah
2: <laughs> I
1: know um, but I was specifically focused on running nonprofits for at-risk youth and helping them through the arts because mm. um, the arts helped me when I was a kid and I I really enjoyed it. But what I also noticed that no matter what the intervention was, we were helping these kids um, for their hour a week, maybe they would come to see us and then we'd send them back out into the environments that reinforced all the reasons they came mm. to our place. I'm like, hmm, maybe we need to be focused on something a little bit more um, holistic. You know, we mm-hmm. maybe we need to talk to the parents, talk to the schools, if, you know, and I would ask these questions to the hires up in the organizations and would get a lot of pushback that there's no, um, you know, there's no resources for that. Another organization takes care of that. And I was completely disheartened. And I started to research, um, I, I guess, our our medical, our mentor, mental health medical history. Like, how did we get to where we're at? Mm-hmm. What do we think that what we do is gold standard? And I started to uncover Eastern practices, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, and it was fascinating to me Mm -hmm. and um and so i was at a point in my life at at, like around 2012-13 where my marriage dissolved and i needed to figure out myself my life what's Mm. next and i was driven to i don't know where it came from but i had this deep desire to help people, like to empower them with the skills and knowledge to make these choices, these decisions in their lives um, without being reactive to emotional stuff in the moment. Mm. I found that Chinese medicine had a a model for that and Ayurveda could also support that. And so I took a big risk, I sold my house And I put the money into a business in New York, an integrative health center to actually put this out into the world to try this idea out and help change lives. So it's kind of a, yeah, how we got to here. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's, it's, I think it's great. I mean, typically, when we when have folks on, we talk through like pivot points in, in lives, and they're usually like, or careers, and they're very, typically kind of can be kind of stark like very like right angle kind of train like changes but for as many changes as you talk through it there's definitely like a common thread of encountering dysfunction wanting to be a solution to that and try and find a a way to to improve lives and I, i i love the way that you you described kind of getting to that point of didn't want to be reactive to conflict or negative emotion or the environment and really find a way to internalize for help people internalize how to get ahead of that conflict and, and be at peace with that. So there's this observation that, that I love that. I love the story. So, um, it just makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time dealing with other people's discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't like that. Let's get rid
2: of it,
0: <laughs> man. Well, I think too. So, so you mentioned, um, this might be a good segue. So you mentioned Eastern medicine, Ayurveda. Um, so what I've come to know you as, and what you were introduced to, to me as being kind of the, the figurehead for is the five archetypes. It's the, the name of your book and everything. Can you talk a little bit about the five archetypes, what they are and how you, how you came to find them and how you, how you put them to use for the good of humanity?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll tell you how I found them, how I put them to use. Remind me if I forget what's next.
0: I've listed so many questions. I need to, that's one of the things I need to get better at. I need to ask one thing at a time.
1: Well, so the five archetypes as, you know, um, as a method out in the world, it's super simple. It's a self-guided system that, empowers people with two things with awareness and skills to make the most compassionate and the most effective choices especially when it's hard
2: Mm.
1: and that's it it's like it's an active uh, model that helps you show up as your best self when you're most at risk (laughs) for making a not so healthy decision Mm. um you know we have when you understand the five archetypes within yourself, it kind of reveals these innate and hidden patterns of emotion and thought that are predictable and they get in our way of success. So, you know, we create this ability to heroically navigate chaos and frustration Hmm. and complexity of day-to-day decisions um, with simplicity, you know, it's just, it just makes it easy i we teach it to six-year-olds at <laughs> so yes so yeah it's it's lovely and so so what is it what's the next question
0: well it's i guess that's a good that's a good point and we can ignore my long laundry list of questions <laughs> we'll we'll kind of play off of that one so so the five archetypes so what are the actual five archetypes maybe you can walk through those to um i i think this audience hopefully Older than six and we'll be able to grasp it um yeah yeah, it'd be great to to kind of hear what those are
1: yeah so so these five archetypes are fire earth metal water and wood they exist in nature same way they exist in our our personality our the way we engage in the world the way we make meaning Mm. um we have these five within us um all of us do and they are the forces of growth. They help us develop. They correspond on a physical level to eating, sleeping, moving, playing, and breathing. We need all those things, <laughs> so we all have them. Uh, and then cognitive, relationship, emotional. Uh, they correspond to things like planning, playing, have um, our emotions, feeling, um, conversation, relationships, sharing, harmony, uh, orderliness to uh, listening, to understanding metaphor, to physical movement and planning ahead. Um, Now, we each are born with one of these elements uh, that is most primary. It is most the way we make meaning, especially when we're in stress. So remember when I said those people will come to me at Columbia and they Mm -hmm. had a story so had I known this, then I would have been able to predict the story, the trigger, mm. the story, exactly how to move them out of it.
0: <laughs> oh, sure.
1: I would have saved myself a lot of hours. <laughs> <laughs> but so each of these elements, do you, would you like me to share, I guess, um, what each primary kind of some basics about each primary type?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that would be good. And I think too, if I understood uh, what you're saying there too, uh, if you knew the archetype, it could help to navigate, like help others navigate out of those. Would you also be able to, like once you're familiar enough with the archetype itself, if you can identify it, does it help you to also trace back to the root cause for how that conflict came about? Or if there are like mindsets or tendencies that kind of lead to those kinds of conflicts?
1: Yeah. So each one has kind of a core um, motivation or a, mm. core, a core stress, a core fear, a core way that it um, it can overvalue you something or mm. become a, a, addicted to a certain way of being or perceive like a, a, a perception when you have a stress state, like if mm. I'm stressed and you ignore me, My fire is going to make a story like, oh, my gosh, Patrick doesn't like me. I'm going (laughs) to invite him back. He just Mm. invited me to dinner. He's going to uninvite me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the story. And I can predict that. So when I see someone scores, I already know how to take care of you. I know Mm. how to make you feel safe um, in any environment. I know what stress will make you think about me. It's an interactive model rather than like um you know it's not just static about me
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it's static when when it's just static when it's just the scores and it's just about me it's kind of useless yeah um it's useful in in the context of solving a problem and solving relationships oh so, yeah um so yeah, so like I can tell you, um yes, yeah, so I will be able to predict what types of relationships make you feel. Um, heard and seen and dignified and safe,
2: mm.
1: and and keep you um, open to learning. So if I were um, if I were very uh, fiery with no boundaries, I would be a little bit goofy, a lot goofy, <laughs> I would scare too much. I would go off on tangents. Um, and, and you would feel really uncomfortable. You would, you know, I would, Im- how I impact your primary yeah. Is that you would retreat. Mm. And so when I know, when I see our scores and I see it next to each other, if we were co, you know, if we were planning, um, a, a project together or working on sharing something, um, I know exactly how to care for you. So you feel seen and heard and growth minded, For the entire interaction, and Mm. I, so so it's kind of like it's an interactive model. It's how do we care for each other? How do we stay connected when we feel stressed and we want to isolate and disappear? Yeah, finger point and blame.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that, and I think um, you know a lot of a lot of our listeners are in kind of more corporate settings, and so I think there's a lot of a lot of chance for this a lot of personalities, a lot of people thrown together for things that they're really good at from a functional standpoint with, and then trying to figure out interpersonally, how do you, how do you get the most out of this? How do you build a cohesive culture? So I think it's great to, to hear that there are tools like this out there that are simple and straightforward, not simple necessarily, but straightforward and applicable. Um, because yeah. I think there's so often this Uh, I mean, stereotypically like, oh, this year we need to make our court, our culture better. We need to value our people, create a psychologically safe environment and all great things. But without the tools to do that, it's, um, can be a little harder. Um, so I I love that this is something like just your description, you know, how to hold somebody in an environment or in a situation that really makes sure that they feel heard and they don't feel threatened and they feel able to be be their best selves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it's funny like I hear that a lot there's so I mean I'm sure you've seen it there's tons of articles always on psychological <laughs> safety right We're passionate and we're empathetic and uh you know I think that these big terms these philosophical ideas and abstract disconnected statements
2: mm-hmm.
1: um they're lovely but where the magic happens in the choices that we all make Every moment of every day, these little things we do to recognize I'm human and I care about you. Mm. And so like, you know, the five archetypes allows you to recognize your thought, categorize it as fixed minded or growth minded
2: mm-hmm.
1: and know like, oof, if I'm having critical thoughts or disconnected, you know, I want to disconnect. That's me. Um, in a fixed mindset, it's my responsibility to go and regulate myself this particular way because I'm fire and I regulate through Earth <laughs> and, and then come back and be a contributor to, you know, to bringing this team more cohesive
2: and mm-hmm. more
1: connected together. And so I think that a lot of companies, I don't know that they know like how to, you know we we think about empathy. Yeah like, Oh, I just need to be nice to you. Or I need my <laughs> version of nice to you. And I tell you, my version of nice to you would not make you feel happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, think I just have my, my limited perspective.
0: Yeah, I love and I love that too. Because I think that what you just said is a, a key point that I feel like I see. And I've, I've seen in, in a number of different kinds of settings where it's the individual what can I do within my own preference for how I act without necessarily regard to what is somebody else need the whole like don't treat somebody like how you want to be treated, treat them how they want to be treated, kind of that that pretty simple distinction. Um
1: well yeah so empathy I always teach empathy actually has three components and most people don't know them. And mm. it's like and no one and people then go into like, oh I'm I've been empathetic to you, but like you don't know um the first is to is to yeah understand what someone else might be going through like to really have that um ability to kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes in a sense um the second step is then knowing like, oof that person doesn't feel feel good right now they're feeling uncomfortable. The second step is now I know what you need to feel better. Mm. Now, each of us needs something wildly different, depending on our archetype. Mm-hmm. And then the third step, which is actually the most important that nobody knows how to, they don't know how to do it. If you worked with me, you know how to do it, <laughs> but they don't know that it exists, is you have to regulate out of your fixed mind perception of what you think about that person and their need for, you know, and their upsetness and what they need. Mm because it's different from what I need, just because it's different, you know, people like, did you ever read, you know, that book, The Love Languages?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, you know, if I have, if my love language is acts of service, and my partner's love language is, um, is words, Mm -hmm. I think those are are two of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, words of (laughs) affirmation. Yep.
1: (laughs) Um, Where we're completely missing, you know, part here is like, what about how I feel about my partner needing something different than what I, like? Do I have to always give that? That's not mm. what I feel like. And what thoughts do I start to create in my mind of exhaustion and frustration and resentment?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, like, I have to do that thing. So, <laughs> you know? and so, so there's a piece in here that that is all about like, I have to know, I have to learn my fixed mind thoughts are the universe tapping me on my shoulder, telling me I have a muscle to build a muscle of responsibility and regulation, um, rather than like, oh, that person is a jerk for making me do mm.
0: something
1: for things that I'm, I'm bored with, or it's just, yeah. Like, um,
0: yeah, I think I, I would love to, to talk to you about the, that idea that fixed mindset and the, almost that that judgment of my type is, or my preference, whether it's love language or archetype, like is the right one or someone is lesser and talk about kind of this idea of kind of like type envy and like, oh, I wish I were more this or, oh, you're wood, I'm I'm water, like that's not as good. But first I realized, can you, I, I skipped over your offer, um, but we should totally go back. Can you go through each of the elements or each of the archetypes and talk through kind of what is, how might you like summarize that type in terms of like what they need, how they are, um, and kind of go from there?
1: Yeah. So I'll preface it by saying we all have all five in us. Mm. And so as I go through the explanations, um, yes, it's also gonna be about people whose primary is that way. They will who the people whose primary are are that way will have their primary that those qualities are kind of in a sense, their weakest link. It's where Mm. they're at most risk Mm -hmm. for overvaluing those qualities within themselves to the exclusion of the other four. Mm. We're most at risk for thinking our primary is, is super valuable um, and we'll use it to problem solve when actually we need to pull on other parts of ourselves to problem Mm. solve in a, in a crisis moment. Um, So we'll start with fire Um, fire is about joy and hope and optimism and potential and, um, fires, um, fires, biggest fears revolve around loss of love or loss of connection. So most of their activity is about connecting with you. So they will be, they will make kind of intense, not intense eye contact, but fun, (laughs) fun eye contact. Like they'll, they'll, they're totally down for making eye contact. It's not uncomfortable. Um, they might touch you while they're talking to you mm. <laughs> <In> like <laughs> totally nice way like we're right so right yeah
2: there. Okay.
0: <laughs> so the you're telling me the zoom covid environment was a, a damper on on their preferences yeah.
2: yeah it's
1: really hard especially when you do a zoom and your camera if you're teaching and your camera the only one on and, and you can't see the students
0: oh yeah
1: like the presentation yeah. mode. Can't see anyone else, it's very hard for fire because fire needs the interaction in order to get those cues of, like, oh, they like me, they're into this, mm-hmm. I know this is cool, it's happening, I can keep going. It's very hard for fire not to have that eye contact, sure. Um, fire, uh, can ha- they can't tolerate uncomfortable emotions in themselves or others? They have big emotions, big drama, little mm-hmm. things. Um, But they're also known as the phoenix that rises from the ashes, they will crash and burn and rise back up as soon as they see a really cute puppy. (laughs) Okay, I feel better. so so yeah fire in anyone is that ability to to love and have romance and intimate conversations and to inspire hope when we all feel down and you know we don't think we can we can move forward Mm -hmm. and uh earth p earth earth um is all about gathering sustenance to nurture everyone else Mm. i'm here because you know and and one of the uh like the maladaptive thoughts of of an earth is this belief that the world is lacking that the mm. world lack and i'm here to make sure no one feels that so i will give you the shirt off my back i will give you the food out of my cabinets
2: mm-hmm.
1: so earth needs to be needed while fire needs to be seen
2: mm. uh,
1: Earth can get over attached to relationships, to unity. Uh, so it can have, you know, big fear around uh, disunity, about the fear of abandonment. They're most at risk for being um, over, like not being reciprocal, so not asking for things like, mm. I don't know, I shouldn't have needs. Oh, yeah. And being over ingratiating, like over caring mm-hmm. for other people. Uh, when they when they go into their stress states, they tend to be they tend to worry, ruminate specifically about fitting in and about relationships going well. Um, and then you have metal. Metal's gift to the world is beauty and perfection and refinement, and um, structure, ritual, grace, forgiveness, um, uh, gratitude, and. And metal is amazing at determining from among a whole bunch of disparate things which one thing is of value, and taking that one thing and letting the rest go. Hmm. So they don't like they don't waste their time on silliness. Hmm. You know, get to the point. Uh, they make sure it's right. They can't tolerate making mistakes. So hmm. they will sometimes, if they have a fear of making mistakes, overfocus on the details. And then, uh, and then hold on, they can also over focus on the past and under focus on the future when they feel stressed out. Um, and then you have water, water people, their gift to the world is, um, is peace is deep meaning is distilling the truth out of mystery is that will to live is, um, is the clarity is the ability to listen deeply and to solve really complex problems because they can sink beneath all the chaotic emotions and thoughts and worries that the other four kind of can get Mm. into more easily um water um water can't tolerate the idea of too much socializing like they shouldn't have to talk about it <laughs> they have to engage um and they 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 have fears revolving around the idea of being misunderstood because they are the wisest because they actually get set still and and focus <laughs> more than the others or e- more easily than the others there's a frustration around the idea that that someone might not understand what I'm saying, mm. you know, what does it say about me. I'm, you know, I I don't have the power to to educate you or to share this wisdom. What are you saying? You don't get me. Mm. So that can come up with water, but water is also um, so important in so many ways. But um, water is our ability to, at its strongest within us, not to be afraid of the unknown. Mm. And I. think, that's at the core of a lot of chaos, a lot of chaotic expressions of emotion and and really cruddy choices are made because we we can't tolerate sitting still and not knowing yet. And water within all of us, if we cultivate it, is that gift. Mm-hmm. And so people who are primary water have a much easier time doing that mm-hmm. than others. Um, wood in us our, our wood is freedom but it's not freedom to do what you want when you want how you want to do it mm. um that's like kind of a little bit maladaptive <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's the freedom um freedom from from it's like liberation from this cycle of reactive behavior
2: mm.
1: um liberating us from these um hidden innate Um, habitual unconscious emotional reactions and stories we create
2: Mm.
1: so wood helps us uh, rise from above that and move forward regardless of those obstacles Mm. like we don't see we feel the emotion but wood allows us to say all right i'm Ah. moving forward anyway because i know what that is that's my mind creating a story that's Mm. not true I need to go to the store and get milk. I gotta (laughs) go. So, you know, wood is physical movement. Um, Wood is making plans, having vision, having goals and setting them and reaching them. Um, Wood's biggest fears revolve around a couple of things. First, um, confinement, and then this idea of um, criticism. Mm feeling that somebody doesn't believe in doesn't have confidence in their ability. It's very frustrating for Wood because Wood prides themselves on making kick-ass plans and executing. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> and um and when they feel that frustration, they their expression of stress is around um anger or, you know, big frustration. Um I don't know if I said water's fr- water expresses their frustration through isolation. Mm. So, even for you know they they like to work alone or to be alone or to do thinking but in stress they will over isolate Mm. that's
0: great and then i think too um uh, there are very specific elements tied to each of these is that is that kind of what uh is that drawn from or based on kind of eastern philosophy as well
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's based in this idea, um, you know, the five elements of Chinese medicine mm. really. Um, and what I love about it, sometimes I call it um, behavioral acupuncture <laughs> 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 because what acupuncture does uh, what Chinese medicine is meant to do is to foster um the conditions for the health of an entity so to to build to strengthen your immune system mm. you know so that rather than coming in and saying like oh you have a cut there let me give you a band-aid and some cream sit, like sitting you down for a minute and saying patrick tell me about your day like wh- how do you keep bumping? oh you you have like this thing <laughs> sticking out of your car door that you keep bumping well let's go make sure let's foster <laughs> the conditions for you not to get that scrape anymore yeah and then you no longer have that symptom. So, so five archetypes is based in all those same exact principles, the same exact ancient correspondences to all those elements, you know, are all baked in the physical, the cognitive behavioral relationship. Um, and and the whole point is to foster these incredible healthy conditions for the best expression of yourself in every moment. Mm. Um, you don't you don't give in to um, what you're most at risk. What your immune system needs to fight off is your habitual, unconscious desire to be, you know, wonky when you're when you get stressed in mm-hmm. this particular way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Mm. So I think maybe taking this into a, a realm of kind of maybe more context. Um, so kind of at, at first glance, kind of seems like uh, very akin to other kind of personality assessments or personality types. And I've talked a little bit on other episodes about using those and, and how they can be put to use. But what would you say are kind of the similarities to other other assessments that are out there? Some of the ones that are maybe a little more, more popularized recently, and some are more or less grounded in legitimate psychology. I mean, whether it Enneagram or MBTI or like the Clifton Strengths Assessment, how would you compare the five archetypes within those? Is it one versus another, or is it they each have their own place and their own use? Like, what, how would you say or recommend somebody put the five archetypes to use if they say, I've already done a personality assessment, I don't need this?
1: Well, yeah, um, the five archetypes rather than a personality assessment, mm-hmm. it, it almost is, um, you know, it's a roadmap for how to make decisions, um, for how to put anything into use for how to advance the effectiveness of anything you're doing. So mm. like you put the five archetypes underneath your Enneagram scores or underneath mm. your MTI, um, you know, and, you know, five archetypes, it's, it's about, um, it's about how do we reconnect, how do we how do we engage together? It's built in. It's not mm. like I have to then go like memorize what was my friend's number. What's <laughs> what's your, I don't even know what my what my uh, acronyms are. I I I've probably done it five times and I still can't remember. and yeah. I don't know it meant, and I don't know how to use it.
2: Mm. <laughs> so it's like yeah.
1: So this is meant to be outrageously simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I understand um you know, the breakdown of my elements, my highest, my lowest, um, I know what I'm at risk for in any given moment. And I can implement simple practices to pay attention to things and shift my behavior all day, mm. aware of myself all day. And, um, you know, I think the other thing about personality tests is they do isolate us still, they do make us separate and different. Um, and I, I, what I feel and what I've seen is that the more we separate ourselves from each other, the more pain we experience and the harder it is mm. to solve problems together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that we can only grow and learn and change um, through love, compassion, and empathy. Mm. Anything else is coercion and manipulation mm. and love, compassion, and empathy required that we know how to care for
2: each other. <laughs>
1: And so like any system, you know, that doesn't have that as part of it, I'm like, well, what does it do for me? I just don't know. Like, I need to know the biggest triggers, the biggest problems that we have in our society. And I I would say throughout history is like, oof, how do I stay married? How do I deal with my boss? How do I deal with my, co- I don't know if you look at social media, I try not to too much, but there's this one trend I saw coming. On something where they had these little videos of sticky notes that people put on their desk to complain, like, I have to be here one more day in this mm. job. My coworkers say that. Like it's like it's just normal everyday occurrence that you hate work.
2: Mm. That
1: you can't stand the people you I'm like, dude, we need to learn how to see each other, care for each other and um and instantly st- all this other discomfort dissolves
2: mm-hmm. so, um
1: i don't know like maybe mbti or enneagram or, or these other things can be helpful but so what do i do with you know i want to make the best use of my energy and time and resources on this planet
2: mm-hmm. like,
1: um, I just turned. I just turned fifty.
0: <laughs>
2: <And> so, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: don't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> Nobody, your, your secret's safe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I felt like when I turned fifty, I was like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I need to make amazing use of every moment that I have.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and so I don't want to sit for a minute in an uncomfortable thought about some interaction that i had it 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 all it does is create pain for me and the other person and confusion yeah so, um so i don't know i need to know how to um how to kind of inculcate and um you know inject the best in myself and everyone around me all the time yeah so five archetypes lets me do that in a really 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 simple way <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I think a couple of things that stand out is, yeah, the simplicity is great because it's not some, you don't need a, uh, I mean, obviously you have a book about it, which is incredibly insightful, but you don't need to be referencing it all the time to, to flip back like, all right, where's the, my, my chart for how to do this? But I think what you, what I heard you highlight there too, is those other tests, while they can be fun and they can be insightful, um, they are divisive in that a uh, you are this or you are that, or this is your type and you have to figure out how to relate to somebody else in another type where the way that I heard you describe the five archetypes is this, we have all of these at all times. We know how to tap into them. We just need to figure out through either our, our own understanding of that type as a, as a starting point, then to use that as a leaping off to, to say, how can I be empathetic to somebody else? How can I understand and connect with them in the way that they're expressing themselves?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. I mean, it's, it's you know, they each, they're so simple that you can remember them just by the, pick, the, el- the element. Mm-hmm. Wood's a tree. It stands tall, it moves <laughs> up. Fire is it scatters everywhere and it you put it out real fast with a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, earth sits there and holds everybody and everything. Mm. Right? They care about nurturing you. Um metal is very rigid and specific and solid and it doesn't move easily. <laughs> about to stop water is deep and vast and you have no idea what's underneath that ocean <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> and it's sim- it's just like that and how do those elements interact with each other you know when you have dis- disparate people in a room and how do they interact within me when i need to have more boundaries and my fire scattering i'm like oh i need more metal i need to stand still for a minute mm.
0: so, simple yeah <laughs> No, I, and I love that that kind of rapid fire way that you you name those off because I think it does so succinctly capture the more in depth descriptions that you gave, and I think it is it is intuitive and it, it is really easy for people to to latch onto that. So it's kind of this built in device for making it quick reference. So,
2: well,
0: a lot of a lot of the audience um, that listens in are in kind of a corporate setting, and I'm wondering if maybe we can if you can kind of demonstrate and we can use me as an example. Uh, myself out there um, to kind of maybe walk through like how might you approach um, using the five archetypes to maybe I don't know if create like workplace harmony is the right way to to approach it but maybe like a workplace uh, issue or a workplace setting Um, so I can kind of maybe throw out like a hypothetical we can maybe half role play half half coach I feel like I'm getting some free coaching out of this so I'll take it Um, (laughs) this is the real motivation for for having you on. Um, no, but I think, um, so I'll, I, I took the assessment and shared with you the results. So I'm pretty heavily water. Um, and I don't know too, like you've seen many more results. I don't know how heavily, like, like if this is, if this is significant that I'd graft it out. So maybe it, it is, it looks a lot more significant than kind of so water and then earth kind of then close behind metal and fire pretty tied. And then wood is a little bit further behind there. So, um, maybe just as a first stab kind of based on those results what would be your your assessment and and we've we don't know each other very well we just started to get to know each other now so I mean I think uh, could be a fun <laughs> maybe a fun exercise to see what that tells you about me
1: yeah for sure uh, so yes your primary is water um water water people tend to um, gravitate towards, uh careers and projects and um um i don't know jobs where they can do they have some autonomy
2: mm.
1: have some power some agency um uh, over themselves and over what they do um they don't necessarily want to be over inundated with office birthday parties <laughs> <laughs> they're fine being the one who covers the front desk <laughs> <laughs> um um water deep thinkers um really are okay asking the skeptical questions fine taking their time making decisions to make sure that they're dealing with the truth and not some wishy-washy you know passing fad
2: mm. um
1: Uh, Water people tend to care deeply about, like, one or two really key relationships. They're not social butterflies who, like, go out and need to be, you know, hanging out with every, you know, every single person all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Your your lowest is, is wood. Um, and so wood comes after, uh, water in the cycle. So wood represents a couple of things for you. So this is, these are like, there's a lot of relationships baked into your Mm. own. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: wood for you is your coping mechanism in a moment of stress. Mm. And it's also your, um, the way you manifest your destiny in this world. Mm. So, uh, so it's also, it also is about, (laughs) is about exercise. So I don't know if (laughs) you hate exercising or if it's like not hate it, but like, is it, oh, I have to make myself exercise. I don't know.
0: Um, no, I, I think I like it. And I, I, but I, I do some habit bundling too, so. Do, yeah. do some running. And I treat myself with actually was recently your book. So I, I want to listen to the book. So I'm going to go for a run and just kick on the audio book and yeah. kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, so what, wood, wood is about, so coping in a moment of stress, what does stress look like for water? Um, water can overthink, um, and underact, like think more than they <laughs> do
0: (laughs) i feel seen yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and water is also highly mysterious um so like if you could imagine like going to a party where if you had to go to a party and there were a lot of people hanging around um and you were hanging out with a fire person and someone asked the fire person so what do you do for a living that person would talk and talk and talk and tell you everything they've ever done ever
2: Mm.
1: more and if you were maybe let's say you were a big actor um you might say well i'm in the entertainment industry <laughs> no like not a lot of like big smile like i'm mm-hmm. in the, and the person be like okay <laughs> <laughs> And water's fine with mystery you have to earn my insides you have mm. to earn, like who are you that i need to share my life with you you know like <laughs> Water is a little bit more protective of, um, you know, this, this whole, this whole self they've cultivated over years and you ha- kind of have to be someone I I'll trust before I let in. Mm. Um, uh, what else can I tell you in general? It's funny. Like you, we, we talked a little bit before, mm-hmm. and, um, you had asked me what, what is five elements great for? And what is it not great for Yeah. Like you, and it's funny like the one time the the time where it's just like "Ah, it's interesting and it doesn't work is out of context is Mm. with absolutes and generalities so like me telling you about yourself it's like (laughs) okay yeah Um, it's a problem solving rubric it's Mm. like you need it works great if you have something very specific you want to change or grow or fix Um, like I can't, I don't like my nervousness when I walk into a a staff meeting, I want to fix that. So you plug this in and it gives you a to do. It gives you very practical, easy, like, Oh, do this, this, and this. Um, so, so your, you know, your original question about like, you know, conflict, uh, or like dealing with a very specific thing. So I can plug your scores into that challenge and tell you how to problem solve it.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's, okay. let's play with that. Yeah. I think before we jump into, I just want to like highlight what you just said there too. Cause I really love the way that you frame that up. And I think draws a really good comparison to the other kinds of assessments that we talked about as well, where even in in how they get used in like a, or can be used in like a corporate setting for, oh, we're going to fix our company culture. We're going to take this assessment and you take the assessment and that's supposed to solve everything. Like the, it's a, it's not a what necessarily, it's not the what you do, but what you just described with the five archetypes, it's really, that's, it's describing the how you're going to do something. So really how you're going to put it to use. It's not in and of itself. It's, it's neat. um, And it, it can be insightful, but you don't get the real value until you apply it in a situation so I just thought that was really really interesting
1: yeah exactly like it's not like the personality information is just the byproduct of the actual thing mm-hmm. you're going for it's how do I fix, <laughs> how do I fix this how do I make my sales why isn't my current uh training for my sales team working Mm-hmm. So if everyone on the sales team took the assessment you would see well sales requires a lot of wood like asking for money a lot of fire making eye contact and building relationships mm-hmm. and a lot of metal being um like going after like reminding yourself to be consistent and making mm-hmm. money so if you can see over the you know um, the course of over an entire team the makeup of their you know do they have enough wood do they have enough fire you'll know exactly what you need to train
2: yeah
1: oh not only do they have low wood they've got high earth and a lot of high earth relating you know to wood it shuts wood down it doesn't Mm. think doesn't think wood is nice (laughs) and so there's a very specific way to use that content to create training and,
2: Mm.
1: and to, to create training that honors and dignifies each person and builds that skill in them in a very compassionate way, rather than out of the box, one size fits all sales training.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great too. And I think, you know, our common friend Chuck, uh, that makes me think of him as well. You know, just the idea that there's not this one size fits all training. You're, you're trained or you're developed because we've developed this thing and it's for, even if it's for sales in this example, everybody's Mm -hmm. going to receive it differently and, and really engage with it differently. And it's going to meet them in a different spot for what they need. So, um, but yeah, let's selfishly get back into maybe a, a real example. So maybe I'll, I'll be more specific with the example. So, um, so actually for the past, past three years the the results i've gotten or the feedback i've gotten from like my year-end assessment was you need to be more you need to lean more into this competency around uh having a commanding presence and um being comfortable with conflict and stating things the way that they are and not necessarily looking for uh consensus um the the statement then being that I, I over, I over index on looking for consensus and want to be heard and want to be understood and make sure everybody else wants to. So what I struggled with, and I would love to see how this all plays into how, how could I satisfy that need for confidence and command given where I naturally lean into?
1: So it's interesting. Um, well, confidence and, and command um, are wood. Hmm. and it's your it's your
0: (laughs) that checks out it checks out
1: (laughs) and since it's your it's your lowest element we need to have compassion for the fact that it's it's a stretch for you to build that Hmm. so what i like to do is create these like little bite-sized practices that you can do you can build into what you're already doing Hmm. to um to reduce your resistance to wood in your own mind um, and to build an affinity and to increase that muscle over time. It's, you know, if I were to just say, go out there and be confident, go out there. (laughs) It would be like me saying, Hey, go run the New York city marathon. Like Mm. I know you don't run, but (laughs) start.
2: Right. Yeah. You're a
1: human in a body. You could run. Go do it. Yeah. Right. So, so we need to honor and dignify your relationship to wood within your own self. Um, and so so specifically, then I go into in the only way to give you specific um techniques is to understand the specific context where it shows up. Mm. Where is it most and and it's up to you if you want to share that um in front of the Ooh, audience?
0: The audience, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think it shows up when I feel like I've done, I've, I've done my research where I feel like I, I feel confident in either the, in what I'm presenting or the point of view that I have. Um, and that could be objectively confident or I just feel at peace with, with yes, this is what I, this is what I believe in. And I'm, I can stand behind it. I think those are times where I feel okay to, to take a stand for something. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah and that's very that's very water water's (laughs) it's it's, it's, yeah but like water's fear is being misunderstood Mm. and so how could you know the thinking goes and if you could imagine right the thinking would be like well if i really become a subject matter expert on this and i have all my data and i have all my this and my slides and it looks hot (laughs) you know then then i'm gonna kill it and so i have i've I have confidence that I can represent this this content mm-hmm. so you know certainly is there are there places uh where the people who gave you this feedback know like where do they notice or where do you know about mm. that it's not there like what's mm. when does it happen where they're like I, I
0: think it, yeah and I think that's the funny thing is where it's it happens um spontaneously and when I haven't had time to prepare when I might be in a meeting where Things get contentious or they get heated and and it's maybe a different take on on a problem or a new problem that i haven't had time to process um that's where i i over index or i'll i'll say something and follow it with does that make sense like I, I do that a lot i i do that like hey does this make sense Does what i said just did i miss something am i thinking about it wrong um so mm-hmm. i think those are probably like the biggest consistent kind of instances and the role that i was in where that happened. Those were those were pretty common. So,
1: so that role was it like there was a lot of chaos. I mean, I don't um, I don't mean chaos in a bad way. No, I, no. Yeah, there me. was
0: a lot going on. Decisions like uh, it was my responsibility to make you know decisions that had real like dollar impacts to uh, to the business. And so, yeah, it could it was uh it was definitely responsibility tied to it. And you know, I think that fear of like I don't want to make the wrong decision. I want to be responsible and. I just want, I just want the time to think about it and form an opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So water to feel safe needs time, Mm. time to think and space from the, from the, uh, trigger. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, they don't, they don't like to be put on the spot. Um, when they get put on the spot, all of a sudden aggravation comes up, Mm. aggravation comes up. Um, you know, annoyed at being put on the spot comes up <laughs> and then going into the thought of, uh, you know, I didn't have enough time to think this through. And mm. then like, like, someone's doing this to me, the environment is mm. so- Um, so, you know, if you're working, most water people, don't love working in chaotic environments like <laughs> like fast paced that need like split second you know decisions based on who knows what's going to come up like unpredictable mm-hmm. you know, unstable um environments so um you know if you are in that type of environment so here's what you do so if you look at um are you still in that environment are you in a different
0: in that in that in that environment in a different role. So kind of in a role that's got a little more little more white space, little more chance to kind of, it's a new function, get to help shape what that looks like. So um, figuring yeah. it out as we go, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying that aspect and everything. It sounds like you said, I shouldn't be surprised by that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's part. I love that that's your job now, um, because it suits you. And so now, the one thing that we can't ever promise is that, um, you know, that we know what's going to happen every day. Like life is unpredictable, mm-hmm. work is unpredictable. And so, how can water that needs a little space and the lack of chaos to feel safe every day and to feel like you can access your wisdom? You know when you're cr- when someone's in your face and needs something now, it it's it makes it hard for you to access your wisdom,
2: mm.
1: and then you kick that fear of being misunderstood gets really loud.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so how can you so there's three levels of of support, I usually suggest one, what do you do in a moment when when you didn't predict it, and it's happening, and you forgot your coffee and you didn't have breakfast, <laughs> and your socks don't match? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do I do when I can't when those when those that that emotion is triggering the story, mm. you know, the BS story that I know is BS, but and so your um, the way that you um, recover in a moment of stress um, that you didn't plan for is through wood and wood is taking a walk, going mm. outside, touching a tree, um, moving your body physically. Like if you can, if all you could do is sit in your chair, do a twist, like do that <laughs> twist. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: it's also can you change your line of vision can you literally do you, do you have a window can you look as mm. far out as you can possibly see if you um it's actually a little uh, a, tr- a a mind trick um that um when we start to have that fear that fear builds up uh we go into this fight or flight stuff where we can we actually can see every detail of everything better as if you're like you hear rustling in the bushes and mm-hmm. The forest and you're like (gasps) where's the tiger (laughs) and then you have like your vision all of a sudden gets really sharp but if you in those moments when they're not really being chased by a tiger but it feels like it um you look really 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 far away at the farthest away thing that you can see and it kind of tricks the mind into starting to chill out a little bit Hmm. um but yeah you will soothe through anything that's future that's movement can what's one thing i can do right now That moves this along. One person I could call. One paper I could move, um, or what? How can I move my body? Um, So those are things that you can do in a moment. Um, Then the second bit is planning ahead, Um, and planning ahead is wood in general. So it's not going to be something that you naturally will tend to do uh, for yourself and on Mm. planning ahead for for the for rainy rainy day. (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> for like unpredictable at work so if you know already you've ex- you're in this position or you're in this company you've experienced moments where you can't you lose your confidence because there's chaos um what do you know about those those instances or those people or those types of problems um that are kind of patterned oh mm. so it's usually about sales or it's usually about operations. And so who's in, Bill's in operations. So I know I have meetings every Wednesday with Bill. So I'm gonna send Bill an email on Monday that says, uh, do we have an agenda?
2: You know, mm-hmm.
1: do we here's the three things I want to talk about. You could actually, you could protect your time. Like, hey, Bill, Bill's a, a talker. <laughs> All right, well, let's send Bill a note that says, "Hey, let's talk about family on Friday after work." On Wednesday, I have 30 minutes to talk about sales operations and mm-hmm. instruction. So there are lots of ways that you can meddle, meddle your conversations. <laughs> protect, mm.
2: yeah. Protect
1: yourself give yourself space you can even tell people like hey i know we have this meeting about blah 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 um i'm i'm gonna listen to all the things you guys say and i'm gonna come back with an answer by friday
2: Mm -hmm. so
1: all of a sudden every no one's in your face unless the fire you know the building is burning like you (laughs) don't want to wait till friday (laughs) if it's an emergency but tell people how you know what you need in order to feel safe you don't have to to couch it in that way.
2: Mm-hmm. You could
1: say like, Hey, I'm a really good listener. And I actually, I do my best work at home after the meetings where I think about all the things and how they all fit together. And so I'm going to listen on, on Thursday and I'm going to give you my thoughts on Friday. Mm. So these are ways to, um, to keep yourself from that chaos um fear moment that comes up when everyone wants things the way they want it when they want it that's very uncomfortable for water people
0: yeah um,
1: oh and man so they're like just building guess, resilience yeah resilience over time is like and that's like a, another i don't know if you want to go there i could tell you some little things but
0: those are I'm, i think what you just gave were were great because i think there are instances where i found that coincidentally or like through unassociated terms have found like oh, that is what I do. Like, oh, coming in and like, I write my schedule every morning just to get an idea of like, what am I doing? What do, what is, what do I need to do? And it's not some, like, it was very much something I had to like train myself to do. It wasn't like a natural kind of thing. Or even my wife will tell me like, you seem kind of stressed right now. Um, Did you run recently? Go for a run, like get out and like
2: mm-hmm. burn
0: off, like blow off some steam. But like you're saying, it's tapping into that, that wood that needs that, that yeah, and kind of find sort of, even I'll catch myself pacing at the office and like there's a window and just looking out the window again, off into wherever and finding balance there. So super, super creepy that you just found those things that they I mean, what? yeah, flippantly, it's it's creepy, but also awesome that how 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 uh, simple and insightful these these things can be.
1: Yeah, really simple. And imagine that you were, you know, 18 going off to college and somebody told you this, like, Hey, anytime you feel this, you're going to feel this. And these are the thoughts you're going to have when you're under stress. Make sure that you tell people you need time and make sure that when you're under stress, have you taken a run? Have you looked out the window? Have you made an agenda for the day? Like imagine a world where we just had that. Yeah. you know, think about the time and the energy and the pain we would not have had to endure. Yeah. You know, And, uh, and the relationships we wouldn't have messed up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll speak for myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it's great. I mean, just the, we obviously we focused in on kind of a, a corporate career kind of emphasis, but I love that. You know, it's applicable in every aspect of every relationship we can have, and and I think to uh, able to build resilience in those, I have to imagine is complementary to other other environments or other contexts as well. And I think maybe you want to take what you just mentioned about like if uh, if I if I had known this when I was eighteen or or younger, how might I have put it to use? And so I'd love to maybe diverge a little bit and talk about um, turn us all kids, and if you could tell us a little bit about that and kind of. What, is, what does it do? And it seems like it uh it plays into this idea uh in equipping youth with the tools that they need to be effective in in kind of a, a world that seems intent on eroding some of that stability and eroding those tools for the sake of uh social media, which we've already touched on as well. So
1: yeah, yeah, totally. Um yeah, so Turnusol Kids is the nonprofit I started with my dear friend and colleague, Dr. Stephen Cowan and it came about because he and i knew each other we were working on a committee together at another nonprofit uh, that was developing a program called mindful families we were trying to you know come up with with programming for for families and of all the people on that on that committee um, he and I really connected. And I was like, there's something about him. He's, I really love his work. I really love his energy. And shortly after um, after that project, I opened Tornosol Wellness, my integrative health center in New York. And I told him that I had opened it. And a few weeks later, I get a phone call. He's like, Harry, I need office space. (laughs) Do you have a space? (laughs) They were knocking down. They were demolishing the building that his office was in. And so I was like, you have a home with us. (laughs) And So it allowed me to really uh, get to know him and his work uh, better. And I started to understand he was teaching this five elements Um, concept in helping families get along better and helping children heal. Mm. um, and he was sometimes going into the school system and working with the school psychologist to help create compassionate classrooms where his patients could thrive. And so fostering those conditions, you know, for ultimate health, whether it's in the in the child's body or the the family unit or in the classroom, it was taking that, you know concept and having it grow, you know, wherever this child needed. And I was so blown away by what he was able to do. And I thought to myself, well, how cool would it be if every child around the world had access to this man, (laughs) (laughs) regardless of their ability to find him or know what is integrative developmental pediatrics. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I approached him. I'm like, hey, would you be down for starting a nonprofit together? And he was all in. And So we created a series of training videos and a curriculum for training teachers. And um, we put the, you know, the assessment online and some little games and things for kids to play. And um, and that's where I started to really understand the elements and how they interacted, because my private practice at the time was mostly focused on uh, Ayurvedic nutrition and um, and something called vibroacoustic sound therapy mm. but ultimately people were coming to me with problems and challenges and I started to say well let me tell you about this five elements thing because <laughs> it's like and the cool thing is that they just needed to come once like mm. it was really crappy for business but it was like <laughs> great <laughs> you know I, it just it's it's the one and done It's Mm -hmm. like, if a company is looking for like really strong ROI, it's, it's self-guided. You, you understand it. You use it. You, you get it. Like you can't go back now that I know water and I'm fire. I can't overdo my, my fiery behavior around you. I, I know it will cause you pain. Why would I do that? Mm. All of a sudden I know how to you know, really care for myself and care for everyone around me. So everyone has the potential to be their best. So we did that with kids and um oh, I love it. Um my work now with Turnosol kids, I'm working with a school in Brooklyn um helping train the educators and the administrators to create compassionate classrooms. Um, in which children can improve their um, their reading and math scores
2: oh wow
1: it was so interesting to me that that's why that I was like huh that's a really interesting concept like I don't even know how people want to use this content but yeah. it's it will grow anything anything yeah. that's not working right you plug it into this and it it grows
0: yeah oh man it's uh it's funny so I have I've three daughters. And one of them, I was just even thinking tonight, a twin, twin, (laughs) four-year-olds and our youngest just turned two, but just tonight before, before we, we got on this call was, um, one of them is definitely uh, very fiery, um, very high highs and low lows in terms of vocalizing and expressing that. And so I think too, just kind of putting what you just said over that context, trying to figure oh man, if I can understand this better, think Mm -hmm. of how much easier it would do instead of me trying to approach things
2: yeah not only well, as
0: an adult but from my own style but how do I yeah. help meet her where she is uh, I think that's just so great and so powerful
1: I can tell you really quick if you want to know
0: yeah oh please
1: and and why it's hard it's confusing for you because you're so high um in your um in your wood I'm sorry in your water mm. what is your lowest so wood is actually her nurturer so you have to oh use- no Yeah. It's not so hard. I promise. Wood means like, make sure, like, talk to her about what tomorrow is going to look like. Hey, Mm. like in bed, when you're putting her to bed, say like, let's talk about what you're doing tomorrow. What's the first thing you're going to do? What's the second thing? What's the third thing? How Uh. might you feel? Oh gosh, you have to go to, you know, to school at nine. How are you going to feel when you get on the bus tomorrow? What do you think? Like project, imagining, thinking about the future is all wood. And then you can, and even, I don't know if she's what, you know, like where she is developmentally, but then when you talk to her about how she's going to feel about tomorrow, you can say, Oh, that sounds like a big feeling. What are you going to do about it? Mm. <laughs>
0: I mean, oh, man. But, yeah. I swear the the creepiness continues because again, <laughs> coincidentally, those are the things that my wife and I will be, like, Oh, like, she's. Like, what do you want to do tomorrow? What do you want to do this weekend? What's the fun thing we're going to do this week? And that like that snaps her out of it, like that she locks in. On. So again, profound and a little weirded out at how um, at how accurate that is. So <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Oh, man. Well, um, I want to be respectful of your time. So I think we usually wrap up these kinds of calls, um, talking, again, kind of circling back to your career. So I think maybe less on coolest thing in your career. But maybe what's the what are you most proud of uh, that you've accomplished so far? Um, and then maybe as an extension of that, what do you want people to know about you? Where can they find your work? And you just mentioned a little bit about Turnus All Kids, but how can they connect with you and all the the awesome work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I think um what I'm proud of is that I have mostly overcome my fire, <laughs> my fire uh weakest link behavior. Um I used to believe in every single thing everyone said and, and the potential of every person who I met who was going to invest or was going to help me market or partner with me on this program. Or, and my fire was so craving connection and was so gullible believing everything
2: mm.
1: that I, I did kind of waste a lot of time and resources and energy on things that didn't pan out. And now I ask the hard questions. I slow down. I do the water stuff. I learned from people (laughs) like you (laughs) to help me, like, not jump in to everything just because it showed up at my front door. Mm. I would say I would give that advice to anybody um, out there. yeah. And where to find me? I, I would say, you know, my website, carriedavidson.com take the assessment. It's free. You learn a lot of stuff about yourself right off the bat that you can just hit the ground running with. And um, we're about to launch in the next few months, an app that helps people practice all of the things like the little things oh, that I yeah. do, like, what do I do if I this? What do I do if I that? And so email me if you want to be added to the launch list.
2: Oh, um, great.
1: And I'll, cause I'm going to launch, I'm going to roll it out first to like a beta test. Um, That's
0: great. We'll put, yeah, we'll put your website in the show notes. We'll put your email in the show notes, your LinkedIn, a link to your book. Again, amazing book. If um, you're, like I said, when we first got on the call, like I feel like I know you cause I've you actually narrated your own book, which is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm glad for the length of the book because you have a very pleasant voice to listen to. So <laughs> If you're interested in learning more, five archetypes, discover your true nature and transform your life and relationships. Um, Again, I'll put a a link to that in the, in the notes. Definitely worth the time. Like you said, the assessment, very painless, very quick, very instant results, very applicable content in terms of how to put it to use. So that Carrie, thank you so much. This was this was a delight.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. I enjoyed every second.
0: And that'll do it for my time with Carrie. To be honest, I could have easily spoken with her for another two or three hours. I feel like we only scratched the surface of how the five archetypes can be applied in everyday life. And, like I mentioned when speaking with Carrie, I'm a bit of an assessment junkie, and what I love so much about this particular tool is that it's not meant to be used as a prescriptive this-is-who-you-are kind of assessment, but it recognizes that we are all all five archetypes, in varying levels based on circumstance, personality, and preference. My main takeaway is that the power from understanding this tool comes from thinking about it as the how you can approach different circumstances. It doesn't necessarily tell you what you need to do, but helps you navigate your own preferences with those that you're interacting with. Now, all of those things that I mentioned when I talked with Carrie uh, for how to find out more about her are going to be linked down in the show notes. So I do invite you to check all of those out. Now, I know I did also spend some time at the top of this episode on this, but as always, if you have any other thoughts or questions about this episode or ideas you'd like to hear covered in future episodes, please do send them to me at patrick@prgscoach.com. At and as always, if you also have a unique career story of your own or feel as though you have something to offer the world as far as career development advice goes, I'd love to hear from you. And with that, I'll sign off with a certain type of perfection can only be realized through the limitless accumulation of the imperfect. Thanks again for listening in, and we'll talk more in our next episode.